Dog Sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and race the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Matt couldn't be here, but I am your host, Chris Horwardell. And I put out the call. I, I shown the bat signal to talk NFL playoffs. Got two of our best football minds from Sporting Beards, Doyce Kirkland. Doyce, thanks for hopping on. Thanks. Um, that's, that's a little bit too high a praise. I need to set the expectations <laughs> a little lower. <laughs> well, oh, fine. The best we could get, Doyce Kirkland. That, that's better. <laughs> and uh, from between two tackles, Alex Spinelli. Alex, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Looking forward to talking some football. Oh, guys, it was a bizarre week and a painful week for me as a Philadelphia Eagles fan in the Super Wild Card weekend. Alex, why don't we start with you? What was what was your biggest surprise from last week? I mean, I think we have to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, for as good as the Packers have been playing. Over these past five weeks, let's call it, Jordan Love has been unconscious these last few weeks. Mm. Um, I think the Dallas Cowboys just laying an absolute egg. It just speaks to this franchise over the last decade and how they just can't get over the hump. I was really surprised um, at how poorly their defense played, being the backbone of this team all season. Um, and I, I think Dak played all right, but you know it, it just wasn't enough. And I think they're going to have another uh, coaching vacancy possibly in, in Dallas. Are we talking, are you talking Mike McCarthy? You're talking about Dan Quinn. I'm talking about Mike McCarthy. No, I think they came out today and said McCarthy's going to stick around. Yeah. But. yeah. It was reported. Yeah. That, that McCarthy will stick around, um, as, as a cowboy fan, I'm very embarrassed about the way that they played. <laughs> I forgot you were a Cowboys fan. I'd like to rescind your offer to come on. The show. <laughs> uh, luckily for me, I never really got invested into this team. I just, I don't, I haven't trusted this team. Like, like I said on my podcast on, on Monday, we've seen this movie three times now and I'm tired of watching the same movie. Mm. I think Dak moves what two and five all time in the playoffs. I think he only has one playoff win. Hmm. Perhaps I I could be wrong about that. Do you, We'll talk about the coaches a little bit later, but are you are you worried you could lose Dan Quinn? Not really. <laughs> not really worried because you don't care, and not really worried because you don't think he gets a head coaching job. I, I'm I'm not a big Dan Dan Quinn guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not really a fan of this coaching staff at all, to be honest. I, I'm not. I wasn't happy with McCarthy being hired. I haven't been happy with his management of the team. And it just kind of feels like like um, Jerry wants the show to all be about him. And so he's not going to go out and get a head coach that's going to be more of the show than he is. That's, that makes sense. And uh, I guess a big part of the reason why the, all the rumors came out this week that they they had no interest whatsoever in Belichick. Yeah, that actually surprised me. I thought that, that Jerry, because the, the Belichick thing has been a rumor for – that he would eventually coach the Cowboys at some point for 15 years or more. And so I was really surprised with him 
being on the market now that Jerry didn't go after it. Well, we will we will talk coaching op- uh, openings. We'll talk. I'm looking forward to picks for this week. I do have BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We're going to use all of their lines for our picks. But before we get to that, what was your biggest surprise of this weekend, Joyce? I think for me it was how well the Texans played. Hmm. I mean, they just absolutely destroyed the the Browns and, you know, Flacco kind of came into the playoffs being one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL and to get a couple of pick sixes off of him was very surprising. I guess the one thing about Flacco though is he was throwing the ball around even in those wins. He he was a little turnover prone. I think he had the highest uh the highest what interception percentage of his career this year, 3.9%. Ends at 14 touchdowns to 10 interceptions in presumably what is the end of his Browns career, but the fact that they could do this, I just can't imagine a world where D'Amico Ryans isn't coach of the year. That doesn't even make sense to me. No, he's absolutely coach of the year. I, I don't think that there's even another candidate that is in the same ballpark. Yeah, I think the only other coach that would possibly be a candidate is the team they just beat, too, and Kevin Stefanski. That's interesting. That's in- But I feel like the Browns are just they're just more talented than the Texans are. I mean, there was legitimate talk that the Texans were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL coming into this season. Very true. Yeah. I they have been for years. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Alex. Go ahead. Yeah. I just think with Cleveland, I mean, they played four quarterbacks this year. I mean, as, a, as a jet fan, I know what that quarterback cycle <laughs> is really like. And, uh, if my team won 11 games playing four quarterbacks, I'd be, uh, pretty happy about that. So, um, yeah, I definitely think he's a candidate, but I agree with you guys. I think D'Amico Ryans definitely takes that job, takes that award. The Jets thing is fascinating. Rough, uh, rough season for you. Yeah, you could say that. How? What was going through your mind when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt that early on? <laughs> uh, so it's pretty funny. Um, we've actually been season ticket holders, me and my buddies, for a while, and uh, we did not get season tickets this year because prices were just absurd. Yeah. When Rogers got announced to the team, but my brother was at the game and I remember him texting me about 10 minutes before kickoff. And he said, I've never heard the stadium like this before. It's unbelievable. And then he texted me about 15 minutes after that and said, I've never heard the stadium this quiet before. Um, so to have your season presume pretty much end after four plays, even though they did, they did win that game against Buffalo. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty rough and, you know, classic jets, but, we're right back on the horse for next year. Was it difficult to watch them sort of pound their head into the wall sticking with Zach Wilson? Yeah, so it's been it's been a very interesting season because I've kind of been not a Zach truther, I would say, but almost a Zach defender this season. Um, people were talking about how Zach was the only issue with this Jets team. Just don't watch football. This offense was pathetic all season. This offensive line had so many injuries. They didn't play well when they were healthy outside of Garrett Wilson. I mean, they're running out Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Um, So it was tough. But I think once you saw the Trevor Simeon and uh, who else did they they play? Whoever else it was. um, Doyle. And and, and Tim Doyle. Um, If you can't see that Zach wasn't the only – Zach wasn't the only issue on that Jets team. You just don't watch football. Right, but they, Lazard and Cobb were there specifically for Aaron Rodgers. Right. And they'll be there next year too. Maybe not Cobb, but Lazard will definitely be there. 
it was surprising to me that a team that I mean, you guys legitimately had Super Bowl aspirations going yeah. into the year, didn't make a call for you know a Joe Flacco or a Matt Ryan or I thought Carson Wentz was a, a guy who should have got a phone call early. Mm-hmm. Was that frustrating? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and I think even during the off season, um, we were clamoring for a veteran backup. We we went into the season saying Zach shouldn't be the backup. He can still be on this team, but he can't be the backup of this team. I think um, we talked about a guy like J- Jacoby Brissett a lot, uh, possibly bringing him in. Well, I know Washington paid him a, a pretty hefty deal. Even a guy like Taylor Heineke who got a pretty nice deal. Somebody they they had to bring in in the offseason. And I thought, honestly, I really like Joe Douglas as a general manager, but I think that could be a fireable offense for not bringing in somebody else. Wow. Well, let's talk about some guys who have been fired. Let's talk about the coaching openings. Starting with the Los Angeles Chargers, we'll let you guys both weigh in on all of these. But, Doyce, start us off. Who do you think gets the Chargers job? My feeling all along is that it would be Jim Harbaugh. But mm-hmm. it, with it taking as long as it is, I've, I honestly have no idea. I, I figured if, if Harbaugh was going to get the job, it probably would have already happened by now would be my feel on it. And he's, there's been a lot of talk about him negotiating a deal with, with Michigan. I don't know if that's a, a negotiating thing, but that's been my feel the whole time is that it would be Harbaugh. Yeah. And I think the rumor came out what he interviewed with the Falcons today. To me, that that feels like leverage for the job that he actually wants. But Mm -hmm. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I also think it's Harbaugh at this point. I really thought this was the Belichick team, honestly. I did too. I just, predicted that early on. Yeah, just an ownership group that was willing to give him everything, let him be in, in control of player personnel, and give him a whole bunch of money. But I think Atlanta's probably doing that as well. So um, I do think this is Harbaugh's spot. Well, let's we'll segue right into that Atlanta Falcons team while you're talking about them. Alex, do you think this is the landing spot for Belichick? Yeah, I do. I I know. I'm sure you guys saw the the rumors that he was he was on Arthur Blank's yacht uh, <laughs> during his interview. I guess you would call it. it's probably not even an interview. It's more of a sales pitch for for Belichick. But no other coach is getting that type of treatment. And Arthur Blank's been around a long time. He's got a lot of money, and uh, this is a team that outside of the quarterback position is kind of ready made um, for Belichick to step in. They have good defensive pieces. They have good offensive weapons. If they can just figure out this quarterback situation, I think that's a pretty desirable job. Yeah. It's cute to think that the Falcons are interviewing Belichick because it's, it's the inverse. Right. In reality. <laughs> yeah. Boyce, where do you land on the Falcons? I, I think Belichick as well, mostly because he went back for a second interview, quote unquote. And mm-hmm. I, I thought originally it was going to be a leverage thing, him interviewing with the Falcons and having them put out, you know, that he interviewed. But going back a second time, that doesn't feel like a leverage play anymore. It feels like something that's actually going to happen. Agreed completely. And I'm going to take this one step further. I've made this prediction in various places this, this week. Not only is Belichick going to get this job, but you guys can put your money down as soon as Bavada brings up the odds. Comeback player of the year, 2024-2025 season, Russell Wilson and the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> like that. I'm not touching that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere near Russell Wilson personally. What I'm saying, look, what I'm saying is 
you know, sell your house, liquidate what you have to do, and put your money on Russell Wilson. <laughs> if Sean Payton can't get Russell Wilson back to being Russell Wilson, I I don't know who who can. Was was Wilson really that bad this year though? Like I didn't think watching the games, I didn't think he was that bad. I think that that situation was that bad. And I don't think Sean Payton ever wanted him in the first place, by the way. Probably not. And Sean Payton's a stubborn fella. Yes. <laughs> as, we so. have, as we have learned. Let's talk about Russell's old team, the Seattle Seahawks. Doyce, who lands here? I feel like Dan Quinn is the obvious answer there, even though it's not what I would do. But I feel like Dan Quinn is just the like unquestioned favorite for the job, I feel like. Yeah. And I think that he actually does take it. I love it. And I hope he takes a. I hope he takes Al Harris with him. He can be the defensive coordinator. Just gut that Cowboys staff is what I want. I want the Eagles staff gutted, but for very different reasons. <laughs> oh, Alex, I'm right with you on gutting the Cowboys staff. <laughs> That's fair. Would, would you? Would you get? You move on from Al Harris? <sighs> Maybe I, I don't know. He he could probably be the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys if if Dan Quinn does move on, which I think he will to somewhere whether it's Seattle or somewhere else. I, I don't know. I would I would personally just clean house with the Cowboys staff, but that's obviously not what they're going to do. I just feel like there is some magic in that defensive backs room, and I probably wouldn't mess with that too much. With what they've done with Diggs and what we saw from Deron Bland this year, there, there, there's something going on, some ineffable thing going on there that I would I would let play out. Although, like I said, as a, a fan of the team in the division and the, the, a big rival, I'm, I'm cool with Al leaving and the defensive backs can, you know, go back to mediocrity. What, what do you think, Alex? Uh, yeah, I like Dan Quinn for, for Seattle too. I also like Mike Vrabel. If you're going to bring in uh, a little bit more of an established guy, I think that's kind of where they need to lean. Um, they're still in a winning window with this roster, even though they got young pieces. Um, so I still think going veteran coach route is the route for Seattle. The Raiders are the next team here, Alex. Do we do we kind of assume this is Antonio Pierce? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a mutiny in the locker room if they don't <laughs> hire Antonio Pierce. Um, I mean, this would have been a really interesting spot for Belichick if they were done with Antonio Pierce. But um, I do think this is this is Pierce's job. Doyce? I would agree with that, the way that they, they played down the stretch. I, I think that that's just a smart way to go. So we're through four teams already, and none of these super hot offensive coordinators have a landing spot. Maybe, maybe a landing spot here. How about the Washington Commanders, Doyce? What do you think they do? I actually feel like this is a Mike, Mike Vrabel spot. That feels right. It's just just something something about it just feels like that's a fit to me. I don't really have anything other than just gut reaction on that. All right. Alex. Um, yeah, I like that spot for, for Vrabel too. I also think this could be a spot for, for one of the young coaches. I mean, they're gonna most likely bring in either Caleb Williams or Drake May to to run their franchise. So a guy like Ben Johnson makes some sense. Um, a guy who's gotten some coaching experience, Raheem Morris, I also really likes, coached both the offense and the defense before. Um, so those are two names that I'm looking at for for Washington. 
Yeah, it, it would be crazy if we let the Lions keep Ben Johnson as their offensive coordinator for another yeah. year. That just that doesn't seem, you know, Shane Steichen's good for eleven weeks and we lose him, and they get to keep Ben Johnson for two years. That's that's nuts. Tennessee Titans, Alex, where do they go? I'm going to stick with Ben Johnson here, actually. I'm going to flip my answer a little bit. I actually really like this spot for for Ben Johnson. This is a team that needs a complete overhaul on the offensive side of the football. Obviously, you brought in Will Levis. I was not a massive fan of Will Levis. I actually went to Penn State. I saw Levis play and couldn't beat out Sean Clifford when he was there. <laughs> um, so I'm not a big fan, but I think this team needs a, a massive overhaul on the offensive line in their wide receiver room, and I think Ben Johnson – um, can be creative enough with, with the pieces that they have to to get this offense going. When were you at Penn State, Alex? Uh, from 2014 to 2018. So I got some good years in. Okay. All right. I remember – I have buddies who went there. I remember – I've been there a lot. But one one day specifically, the day Elton Brand signed with the 76ers for some <laughs> – well, right after he signed with the 76ers. For some reason, there, were, there was an open practice at the Bryce Jordan Center. And we're like, oh, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So me and a bunch of friends went. And my God, after the first like three minutes, it was so fucking boring. <laughs> and I'm someone who's played basketball my entire life up to playing semi-pro. And I was just bored out of my fucking mind. We ended up just walking around the Bryce Jordan Center for two hours, but had a good time at Penn State that day. Nice. Um, Doyce, the Titans. Um, I actually like the Ben Johnson suggestion there as well i think that that's i think that he would do a good job with that job and i don't know i just i do think that's that that's a good suggestion and finally the absolute worst job that's available both in what they have in the draft and the fact that they now have the worst owner in professional football with dan snyder walking away david tepper just uh just an awful owner who wants to control every aspect of the organization to the, the team's detriment. What do the Panthers do, Doys? <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. Uh, I, I feel it like it's like probably a- going to be – I don't know. I feel like they might go grab one of the college coaches, but I have no idea mm-hmm. who that would be. I, it feels like it has to be somebody who's just going to go and agree with whatever Tepper wants to do. Mm-hmm. It has to be a figurehead. They, this doesn't feel like Bobby Slowick. Like Slowick doesn't take this job. By the way, I would hire him in Philadelphia as the head coach tomorrow if we would make the right decision and fire Nick Sirianni. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, it just it feels, you know, the the Bucks OC is a name. Um, <laughs> actually, the... They're they're interviewing Brian Johnson, the Eagles' offensive coordinator. What do you think happens, Alex? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think it's one of these young coaches. I mean, you just saw what happened with Frank Wright getting canned after eleven games after yeah. brought into to mold Bryce Young. If you're one of these young coaches, do you want to go to the, this this be your first head coaching job for a guy that's going to possibly get rid of you in the middle of the season? Um, I really don't know where they go. I mean, this is. I mean, I got to assume this is the last coaching job hired, right? Uh, unless it's just some some random guy who doesn't really, who isn't going to be a candidate for the other head coaching jobs. All right, I'll throw out uh, a guy, maybe a guy like Frank Smith, who's the the offensive coordinator in Miami, be a first time coach. He's still easy. He's a young guy, but I like what they've done with their passing offense. Um, I think they 
sort of has similarities in the way that their offensive line plays and with sort of a fragile quarterback, I think that might be a good fit. I, I just, I wonder if they're going to do something crazy, like hire, what, can they, can they bring Joe Brady back after firing him a couple of years ago? Like, I just, it feels like it's going to be some out of left field hire and Panthers fans are going to suffer and suffer. By the way, what a, what a terrible trade that was just in retrospect, what a unbelievably terrible trade that was. And I liked Bryce Young coming into the draft, but you know, you trade what the number one pick in the draft, presumably Caleb Williams, you trade a first round pick that gets moved and ends up being Jalen Carter. You trade DJ Moore and what a third round pick that is uh that's the way to set your organization back a decade. Yeah, it does and, not. It's gotta be rough being a Carolina fan right now. And then you pick the wrong quarterback on top of that. True that. They yes, they did. But this feels like that feels like the the NBA draft where Markel Fultz went number one and Jason Tatum went number three, and everybody's like, "Oh, you know, we should have taken should Tatum was the best player in the draft." Yeah, sure. But even it came out even the Texans, if they would have had the number one pick, we're going to take Bryce Young. So it's not like it's not like they went in a crazy direction. I think people just underrated CJ Stroud. Yeah, I, I'm I've always been more of a college guy than an NFL guy. And my my thing with those two quarterbacks is that between the ears, I don't know if there's a better NFL prospect quarterback wise in the last five or six years than than Bryce Young. And the mm-hmm. intangibles are all there. I mean, Alabama was falling apart without him. Um for large portions of those seasons, he was pulling them out of the gutter, essentially. But CJ Stroud always had more of an NFL body, NFL talent, um, physically. And so that's why I would have went with CJ Stroud, but it wasn't like a, a massive difference to me. And we also see that in football, more than any other sport, coaching matters. It's not like... It's not like in the NBA where you just throw guys onto the court and say, hey, go go make place, fellas. If you need the Bobby Sloaks of the world. You need the D'Amico Ryans versus – and I like Frank Reich. I have no problem with him. He would be my pick to be the Eagles offensive coordinator for the record because I think he's, I think Bobby Sloak needs a grown-up But in my, in my hypothetical world. <laughs> but, I mean, he got fired after 11 games. What did they expect Frank Reich to do with this roster? That's what doesn't make sense to me. The coaching was so bad. They didn't care. The fan base doesn't give a shit. What were the, we saw the tickets were going for like 49 cents at the end of the season. Just everything that could go wrong went wrong with the Panthers. And uh, good luck, Panthers fans. Just <laughs> good luck. Uh, let's talk about the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I don't think we'll be talking about the Panthers in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs for quite some time. Let's start Saturday games. And the, the aforementioned Houston Texans in Baltimore take on the Baltimore Ravens. Joyce Bavada has the Ravens minus nine and a half. Where are you on this one? So I do think that the Ravens win, but I, I actually have the Texans covering. Um, these two teams played week one, I think, is when, they, is when they played this season. And the Texans actually held their own for the most part in that game. And was the way C.J. Stroud has been playing and – the way that the defense has been playing a lot better of late. I think that they keep it close enough to cover. Yeah. Stroud outplayed Lamar in that game. I think it was a 250 or so yards to 
Lamar's 165 and a pick, if I remember correctly. Something so, like that. And, that, and that was game one. Alex, where are you on this? Yeah, I'm the same. I think the Ravens do end up winning, but I think the Texans cover maybe in a in a backdoor fashion. All right, let's move on to the other Saturday game, the Green Bay Packers in San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Once again, Bavada has the 49ers minus nine at home, Alex. Yeah, this was a really interesting game. I With these big spreads, especially with these number one seeds, I'm always sort of scared off. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also tend to be wary of the teams coming off the bye with a little less momentum, but I do think it was good for the 49ers. They were a little banged up, especially with Purdy having those stingers. Um, so I'm going to take the 49ers with minus nine and a half. Um, and I'm curious to see what happens with this line movement because I feel like public perception of Green Bay right now is sky high, but I feel like sharps are going to be all over San Fran. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch all the way through. I think it is, it's stayed put since the initial line. I think that Houston-Baltimore rate game has gone from nine to nine and a half, but this game has stayed put. I do imagine we're going to see some movement as we get closer. Joyce, where are you on this one? Um, so I actually, I have the Packers covering again. Um, Jordan Love in his last 11 games has 24 touchdowns to three interceptions. Like he's just been playing out of his mind. And I think he just keeps it close enough. The 49ers are going to win, but I think, uh, like Alex said with the other game, I think it'll be a backdoor cover, but it's, I think it'll be a game where the 49ers, you're never going to be in doubt that they're going to win the game but it stays just close enough to cover. This is the biggest over under on the, uh, on the site this week, 50 and a half at Bavada where you, you over or under Joyce. Oh, I think I would go over. I would as well. That's it's a big, anytime you see a 50, that's a big number though. It's, it's a huge number, but I I'm, I'm kind of in like a 31 to 24, 31, 22, something like that. I think I buy that. I buy the San Francisco defense, though. That's that's the thing. I can see that San Francisco defense figuring out and having enough time to to work up a, a decent scheme against Jordan Love, who you're absolutely right, playing out of his mind. In fact, I should I should mention this just so there's no no uh, per- perceptions of bias here. I am a uh, part owner of the Green Bay Packers, so we have that. I try not to let it cloud my judgment too much. <laughs> $300 I, I spent to have this one share of Green Bay Packers stock. But do you um, join meetings? That's the question. Dude, can I tell you about that? <laughs> well, you, you, get, uh, you get invited every August to come down there and like for the, their meetings and all that shit. And you get, we get sent the paperwork to vote on stuff. It is, as you would imagine, and as it should be, the most inconsequential shit in the world. (laughs) It it just does not matter, and I've never once voted on anything. Because nobody should get get or lose a job with the Green Bay Packers organization because of what I think. (laughs) That's that's not the way the world works. Let's move to the Sunday games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit to take on uh, America's team, the Detroit Lions. Lions minus six and a half, Doyce. Uh, I am leaning heavily into the Lions here. I, I think this is going to be a 10-point game. Um, I don't buy the Buccaneers. I think last 
I think people are buying the Buccaneers because of what they did to Philly last week, but that says way more about Philly than it does about about the mm-hmm. Buccaneers. Like Philly just absolutely cratered at the end of the season, and the Buccaneers were able to take advantage of that. But give me the Lions all day long and the points. What do you mean crater? I mean we lost lost the tough teams, the Giants, the Cardinals. <laughs> These are I, I didn't watch much football this year, but I imagine some of the best teams in the NFL, right? Yeah, yeah, historically <laughs> good teams. Yeah, I saw the, uh, Kyler Murray. They had the number one pick in the draft. That guy, that team's got to be good, man. I it was painful losing to Jonathan Gannon. I'm not going to lie. It was not something I enjoyed, and it was also weirdly something I expected. And to tell you the truth, they they should have lost the game to the Giants that they won the 33 to 25 game. Should have lost. Should have lost six going into the playoffs, and then you know this the seventh one. And I wonder if that would have been better because then you have to fucking fire Sirianni. Like I love, I don't want to just turn this into a diatribe about how much I hate this organization right now, but I really hate this organization right now. And oh, we're we're interviewing offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. Great, they're going to run the same bullshit system. They're going to. I mean, surely beating a crappy Giants team is not the thing that's keeping his job intact. Surely. No, but it looks worse to lose six in a row after being 10 and one and then get blown out in the playoffs than than only lose two in a row and then get blown out in the playoffs. I'm not a happy person. Where are you on on this Bucks game, Alex? Oh, I feel it in your voice right now. Coming from a Jeff fan, I f- I feel for you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, this this one's interesting. I'm honestly I'm holding out for as long as I can, praying this gets to seven or seven and a half. Um, with six and a half right now, I am still going to mm-hmm. take Tampa Bay. I feel like in football, same way in UFC, style makes fights. Um, I think this Detroit team is a run-first physical football team. Uh, This Tampa Bay front is really good. And where Detroit also likes to attack in the pass game is the middle and intermediate part of the field um, where Levante David and and Devin White are as good as anybody in the league. Um, So I do think the Bucs' defense can hold up enough and get enough stops to keep this game close. Um, I do think the Lions end up winning this game, though. There was a little bit of a turn in terms of their offensive style at the end of the year as Jameer Gibbs continued to break out more and more. But, I, you know, second in the NFL in passing yards, fifth in rushing yards. So they can beat you either way. Hard to imagine that. Uh, I don't know. And I also think the Bucks' run defense gets more credit than it deserves. I, I don't know. But I don't understand football anymore because I, like I said, I'm a fan of a ten and one team, and now I'm I was just praying we'd get beat bad enough in the playoffs that our entire coaching staff would get fired before the the flight landed. And they didn't, and craziness ensued. Let's talk about our final game, six thirty Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. Alex Bavada has the Bills minus two and a half. Ugh, this pains me so much, but I'm gonna take the Bills. Um, arguably the hottest team in, in the NFL right now, them or the, or the Packers. Um, Josh Allen is playing somewhat turnover-worthy football in these last few weeks, um, trying to keep his, his turnovers down. I think for them, these run plays on third downs are going to be so important for them. It seems like anytime they need a big third down or fourth down conversion, he can pick it up with his legs. And this Kansas City offense just – Leave something to be desired. I know Buffalo's got a ton of injuries on defense right now, 
and feel like that could be setting up for a vintage Kelsey game, especially with all the linebackers that Buffalo is missing. Mm-hmm. But I think their offense right now is humming, and uh, and I like them to win this game. Kansas City needs to spend their entire offseason targeting whoever the best available wide receiver is, be it trade or free agency, because their their receiver core is just so broken. It's crazy to me that a team with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, not only are they an underdog in the divisional round of the playoffs, but they're also in a game that is the second lowest over under at Bavada this week mm-hmm. at 45 and a half. That that doesn't feel right to me that we've seen this transition from Kansas city being an offensive to weirdly a defensive team. And that feels like they're not doing the team justice because this should be a dominant offensive team. Joyce, where are you at? So I have a couple of rules when it comes to gambling. Uh, Number one is I never bet on a game involving my team. Uh, Number two is I never bet against Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) So I am actually taking the chiefs money line here. And I believe it's plus one thirty on Movado. Mm-hmm. Anytime the line's less than three, if I feel like the the if I feel pretty good about the underdog winning, I will take the money line just to get a little bit better odds on it. And so you, you mentioned the you mentioned the wide receiver thing. Well, one thing that that I am not confident, but I feel pretty good about is uh, Rasheed Rice has has really come on late in the year. In fact, the last in the last seven games, he has 650 yards receiving and four touchdowns. And he's been targeted. His targets basically went up on a per-game basis, uh, doubled in a, on a per-game basis the last seven games. It feels like him and Patrick Mahomes are starting to get a little bit of a connection there, and I think that that is going to be a big difference in this game, especially like like Alex said with all the, the injuries that the that the Bills have on defense right now. And I think that in in response to your to your talking about the the lowest being the lowest um, over under, I think a lot of that probably has to do with being in Buffalo and how mm-hmm. cold it's going to be up there. But these are two teams that both know how to play in the cold. So I, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs money line. That's a it's an interesting pick and probably a pick that I'll be making on in pursuit of a part of this week. But in terms of Rishi Rice. <laughs> Do you think he has that number one receiver upside? I think it's certainly possible. And he doesn't have to necessarily be the number one receiver for them to win. I mean, they won they won the Super Bowl last year without a number one receiver. It, they just have to do just enough. Yeah, I'm just look, I like this offense a lot more with Rice as a number two to say Devontae Adams, the number one receiver. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Go make a deal. Go make. And honestly, I'd like to see Buffalo be aggressive for Devontae as well and get get uh, get Stephon Diggs some help. But this just feels like go get a real receiver for Patrick Mahomes. Because I mean, look, I'm not comparing Donovan McNabb to Patrick Mahomes by any stretch of the imagination. They're in different leagues entirely. But it was frustrating for me as an Eagles fan to watch the team have a solid quarterback, even a even a good quarterback, a Pro Bowl quarterback. And have have your Charles Johnsons and the garbage James Thrashes of the world, Todd Pinkstons of the world. You're wasting one of the greatest talents of all time by not having an elite receiver to compliment him. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, do you guys take any stock into this being Mahomes' first road game in the playoffs? I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. They they pretty much have been the the one seed every every year that he's been there um 
I don't take a huge amount of stock in it just because they've played Buffalo so much uh, in in the playoffs regular season that and, and I don't really think Mahomes gets gets rattled by being on the road. So I don't really take much stock in it. Looks like we're going to be 27 degrees, but no snow right now. This this PM snow showers on uh, on Saturday. No snow on Sunday, but frigidly cold. Not as bad. That's as a summer the, in Buffalo, right? That's what I'm saying. It's not really that bad. <laughs> 27. You can deal with that. Uh, all right. Well, that that's this weekend's games. Why don't we just why don't let's go past this a little bit? I have you guys. Let's get your uh, let's get your picks for what's going to happen moving forward. Alex, we'll start with you. Who uh, who wins the AFC? I'm going to take Buffalo right now. I'm hoping that they can get some some pieces back on that defensive side. I know. Uh, Terrell Bernard got banged up last week, um, has an outside chance to play this week. I think he's very key for them, um, especially with all the linebackers they're missing. But I just really like the, the way that they're playing football right now. So I'm going to take Buffalo. Joyce, AFC winner? Um, I am. It's it's the stock pick, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. I just I think they're too solid. And who wins the NFC, Joyce? This is where I get a little bit wild. Um, I'm actually going to say that the Detroit Lions are going to win the NFC. Love it. What, do you agree with it? <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I, <laughs> but I love it. I'll take I'll take a plus 900 to, to win the Super Bowl. Where are you at, Alex? Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. I think they're the class of the league, and um, I know they've had a rough game against Baltimore. I don't think if they play them again, I don't think the game would end the same way. So I think they just have too much talent. So Alex just goes chalk number one versus number one. Who wins the Super Bowl? Oh, sorry. Did I did I ask? I didn't ask Doyce. Doyce, who wins the NFC? Oh, uh, you, no, you said the Lions. I, yeah, the Lions. I'm very, here's the I thing went, about it. I went chalk guy. AFC. He went chalk NFC. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a very tired person. Alex, who wins the Super Bowl? I think it's the, I think it's the 49ers. I just think they have too much talent. And uh, I think this is their this is their year. Thank you for not calling me out on being wrong about the chalk <laughs> thing, Joyce. Who wins the Super Bowl? I am taking the Ravens. Um, I think that they, for my money, they have the best coach left in the playoffs. I know that's probably a pretty controversial thing to say. Um, I also just really love Lamar Jackson. I think he's coming to his own this year, and I think that they win it. Well, Ravens beat Lions is plus 1,200 at Bavada, so good odds there. The, the best coach in the playoffs thing is interesting. Alex, do you do you agree with that? Uh, it's hard for me to not take Andy Reid. I mean, right. uh, one of the winningest coaches of all time. I do really love Harbaugh, though. He's, a, he's an outstanding – I hate his brother so much, but um, <laughs> he is an outstanding football coach. It's I, – I, I feel like Andy Reid has been – underestimated to some degree. I think he probably goes down as one of the three or four best football coaches ever when it's all said and done. I don't disagree with that. It's just hard to say that Harbaugh is better. And I don't know. I think it's a a now versus historical thing. I think right now Harbaugh, Harbaugh is just just for me, just edges Andy Reid. And that team is just built so well. Although I guess the 49ers team, 
also built well. well. Let me ask you guys this one last question before we got here. What is the Super Bowl you want to see, Joyce? What would be the most exciting Super Bowl for you? Um, I think the most exciting Super Bowl for me would probably involve the Texans somehow, just because <laughs> of the rookie quarterback <laughs> thing. And I really do love C.J. Stroud. And I'm also from Houston, so my family would be happy with that. But I, I think I think Packers Ravens would be really fun. Uh, Texans I'm I'm down for a Texans Lions Super Bowl. I am that too. Really fun too. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> I, that's who I'm, I was thinking. Texans Lions. I am down for that, and it feels like it, like you're watching one of those games that just shouldn't be a Super Bowl. Game. Yeah, like a, like the Kurt Warner, uh, the the Rams Tex Titans whatever Super Bowl back in the day, where you're like these these two teams should not be playing for the Super Bowl. <laughs> But it's like it's a it's a decent week eight matchup. They just happen to be playing for the the championship of all of football. I love it. What do you want to see, Alex? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think Lions Texans is really fun. Um, if I'm going to pick another game, I'll take 49ers Chiefs again. Get another rematch for for those two teams. All right. Well, gentlemen, this has been this has been a blast. I appreciate you both. If anybody's listened this long, I encourage you to check these guys out on their own shows. Alex Spinelli, Between Two Tackles, Joyce Kirkland, Sporting Beards, both utterly outstanding and worth being subscribed to. Thank you both. And that's going to be it for this week's episode of The Underdog. For my, uh, my fill-in hosts, Joyce and Alex, I'm Chris Horvath. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.